overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight on Embarrassment of Riches. We have uh, Katie Boyd, which you will have the pleasure of meeting with us because we have literally just met her. Neither Laura and I have ever met with Katie before. Hey, Katie, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we are, um, I think this is our first time to have somebody on that we, neither one of us really have any kind of history with. Right, so I could say anything. That's right. You <laughs> totally project a different personality and a different no story. No one would ever know. And we would just eat it up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, we, so we're going blind. We're yeah. Like, right. <laughs> you know, I did, I, you weren't in the room, but... Um, we were talking beforehand that we've not even, um, like from our Facebook stalking or my Facebook stalking, I didn't recognize you. And I know that church can feel very different from being there at the nine o'clock service and being there at the 1045 service. And so I was really surprised when you said that you've been at DBC for nine years, which one, you look too young to have been at a church for nine (laughs) years. Um, and two, that's given the people that I know, the circles that I'm in at church, that's a really long time to have been there. Yeah, we're kind of OG. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. You sure are. That's a good <laughs> Wait, way. Wait, what's OG? Original, Original gangster. gangster. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, if you're, if you're sticking with are the theme sure of like Are you sure you haven't listened to this? <laughs> that's right. She's throwing out gangster we, we references. Get, we, we, got, we got Original Gangster with our Born Playa. Born Playa. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I that's, had no idea. That's my claim I'm learning thing. so much already. Right. Well, let us learn a little bit. <clears throat> um, and just tell us your basic bio, just kind of about your... Where you've been, where you come from? Yeah, all that well, stuff. I'm from Texas originally. I grew up just east of Dallas in a town called Terrell. Um, Do new- you think people have not heard of Terrell? I don't know. It's kind of hit or miss. If you're really? from here. Well, I guess if you're from here, maybe you do. And we just got a Bucky's there, so now it's like a really big deal. My dad, <clears> no, <throat> maybe it's because Shreveport, I grew up in Shreveport, oh, yeah, so like we all always drive through it. Sure. So it's hard for me to imagine anyone hasn't heard of Terrell. And lots of that being well, said, my dad, to this day, calls it Terrell. Yeah, <laughs> we get that a lot. I think at DBC we have a lot of transplants right uh-huh. from other states and things so mm-hmm. not everyone knows where Terrell is but I or they like might be thinking it's Terrell Terrell <laughs> and so they have no idea what I'm saying but it's actually Terrell good old Terrell so, and there is a gigantic Bucky's there now there we is have East Texas roots so we go past there a lot yep which is very exciting so grew up in Terrell um went to college at AM Commerce and then moved up to Dallas for grad school um, actually met my husband at A&M Commerce, and then we moved up this way. <clears throat> he went to a different grad school, but we both moved up here. We got engaged, we got married, um, and now we live here. How long have you been married? Almost nine, well, nine years tomorrow, actually. Oh, wow! Yeah, oh, wow. congratulations. Congratulations. I know, kind of sneaked up on us. 
it happens fast and it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah, it doesn't. And what do you, 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 uh, what'd you go to grad school for slash what do you do? So I went to undergrad for journalism and I thought I would come out and work at newspapers or magazines, but I graduated in 2008 where nobody was hiring anybody for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really felt like the Lord was calling me to DTS for a spell. So Mm -hmm. I went there for about a year and a half, um, but ended up not finishing, um, and that's like a total side story. But um, now I actually do, I own my own business doing marketing for other small businesses. <clears throat> oh, okay, cool. And how'd you end up at DVC? Um, well, when Daniel and I, that's my husband, moved to Dallas, um, I lived, I don't know, more like Garland, but when we got married, he lived up in Richardson because he was going to UTD. Mm. Um, And so we moved into an apartment there, and so we were looking for a church that was local, and we tried out a few places, um, but nothing quite stuck. And then one day he drove past DBC, and we went there, and then we just never stopped going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Just felt like a fit. Yeah, it just felt like all the things we were looking for. We tried big churches and small ones and... Old ones and new ones and all and the this things one in between. Is just yeah, just, yeah. Just and right. so we're That's like, right. this one feels like a good mix of like size and hospitality and vision. And so we were just sort of, you know, never stopped going. <laughs> and then joined officially like two years later. And y'all have been married for nine years and at DBC for nine years. Mm-hmm. So it's been the, the church of your marriage. Yeah, yeah. We got engaged. In October, and we started going right around Easter, so like March okay. or April, and then we got married in August, oh. so in that time period. Well, how, did you grow up in the church? How did you come to faith? Yeah, I grew up in the church. My family is all believers, um, and so I came to faith really early. I don't even know exactly when that was. It was just sort of always a part of my life. Um, not obviously theologically, I didn't always believe, but Mm -hmm. it sort of like felt like that for a long time. Um, it was even raised in like conservative Christian school and Mm -hmm. we were in and out of church. So we weren't necessarily like super committed to one church or another for most of my, uh, young life. But, um, I mean, I had school and felt like pretty fed. In fact, when I would, as a teenager, when I would go to Sunday school for youth and everything, it felt like really, um basic compared Mm. to what I was getting and so it was actually really hard for me to fit in in some of those categories because it just felt like oh well I learned this yesterday so Mm. why am I coming here for this um and my school was super tiny and so um because in Terrell there was like one really small Christian school like I graduated with seven other people in my class and so everyone else went to the high school in town and so I didn't know anybody and Mm. so most of the time I actually just went to like big church and then Mm. Um, skipped over youth group for a lot of my teenage years. But yeah, so faith and the Bible and Jesus have all been a part of my life and vocabulary for a really long time. Just feels like it's always been there. And do you you remember um, a specific time in your life where you really started taking ownership over your own faith where it became a little bit more real to you? Yeah, I would say probably halfway through college was really like that turning point for me. I think first getting to college was like culture shock for small town Christian kid. And even though I went to like a small college, it was just <clears throat> culturally very different. Now, I'm a non-Texas girl. Okay. Where is A&M Commerce? I've heard it's that. It's really hard. Do you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to say, do you know where Commerce is? So, <laughs> okay, do you know where Terrell is? 
Terrell? Terrell, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Okay, do you know where Greenville is? Yes. Okay, so it's just like northeast of Greenville, like 15 okay. minutes or so. Okay. So if you go on the 30, way to Texarkana. Uh huh. If you go 30 on the way to Texarkana, you'll pass the little highway 50. How did you pick that as your. I know I'm totally interrupting the main <laughs> okay. point of your story, but That's how did you pick Ain't and Commerce? also on this podcast. Yeah. Hey, we like trails. to derail yes. the conversation yes. as much as possible. Okay. Katie told us right before that, that you also have a podcast, and I'm you guessing do. it's probably more um, sleek because you said something about post-production, <laughs> <laughs> which is really not in our podcast I, vocabulary. <laughs> we're like, this is what you get, and we're going to put it out yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, I try to edit as little as did possible. Did you notice but... I was trying to edit my laugh now? <laughs> <laughs> doesn't listen to our podcast so she doesn't know doesn't what know happens I have listened to my podcast and discovered <laughs> my laugh is obnoxious and my when That's I asked my harsh. husband when mm, you haven't listened to it <laughs> let's ask our faithful let's people. ask the people <laughs> <laughs> let the people vote but um so but, in this podcast posts we can put a poll out there yeah. Yes. About your laugh. And How obnoxious from but, one but, to ten. You know, this, is, is. this is the thing I love about my husband. We're really going to derail this. So, you know how I told you he didn't necessarily make me feel better like you did when I showed you that picture of me at uh -huh. Six Flags? Uh -huh. um, and she was like, it looks just like you. I like, did not say I, those I words. I was like, this is a horrible picture, and I was sinking into a deep depression, and she's like, yes, this is like I did not say those right words. this second. <laughs> this Let it be known that Justine like. is lying right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All she said was, it doesn't look that bad, which I read as, you look like this all the time. <laughs> In fact, right now, you look like this. So... Anyway, Kyle says something about, um, like, I'm like, is that what my laugh sounds like in real life? And he's like, well, it's your laugh. But, um, but he was so like, yes. so yes. <laughs> uh -huh. But he was like, but you get to be boisterous. You're a boisterous person. Aww, that's sweet. It's true. That's so sorry sweet. about my boisterous laugh. It is who I am. And we're not going go. to take it out in post-production. No. No, he, because Kyle's going to do very little editing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He is un, he's an unpaid intern. So, he's an unpaid intern who gets a lot of complaints. Yeah, that's right. He didn't really sign up for this. He so anyway, A&M Commerce yes. is on the way to Texarkana. I yeah. put it at, what, an hour away from here? Yeah, that's about right. And Laura was asking you why you chose A&M yes. Commerce, while, and then we went on our bunny trip. Sure. So, let's see. I'd actually planned to go somewhere else. Um... And then a lot of stuff happened in my family, like um, my mom went through a divorce, and my grandpa um, had a, a stroke or a heart attack, and so it just didn't seem like the right time to go away somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually stayed home and went to the community college in Terrell for a semester, <clears throat> and then went away to A&M Commerce because it was 45 minutes from home. Mm -hmm. She could get back. Um, so it was still close, but, you know, I could come home weekends if I wanted to, but also I wasn't at home. So mm -hmm. it felt like a nice compromise for me in the middle of all the things. Mm -hmm. So um, you mentioned that your parents are divorced. Yes. So how old were you when your parents got divorced? <laughs> this is also complicated. So... My mom and dad actually divorced when I was five. Um, so this was one of my mom's subsequent marriages. Mm -hmm. Oh, got you. Yeah. Now, and are both of your parents in Tyrrell now? No, my mom is. Actually, she lives even further east. Um, and my dad actually lives more north up in Bannon County. 
Okay. Where's your mom live e- further east? Edgewood. Edgewood. Seen the signs. It's on the way to Canton. Mm-hmm. So yes. you probably pass through there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was our derailed conversation and sure. like <laughs> just what when you made your faith more personal when it became more yours. Yes. So midway through college. Um, oh, I didn't even realize we had gone off of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's how far we got. That's, that's how, how far, far away we are. Yes. Um, yeah. So midway through college, I mean, I was very like uh, legalistic when I first got to college. And I mean, and that's partly personality. I really like rules um, and boxes and structure. And so it fit me for a long time, but there were just a lot of I was just recognizing that it wasn't the best way to go about having relationships with actual human beings to live that way completely. People didn't love that. Yeah, people (laughs) didn't enjoy that so much. But I also, like, felt very dry inside. Like, it Mm -hmm. wasn't, um, like, it was real, and I knew God was real, and I, you know, lived with all of that. But at the same time, hadn't really, like, felt that for myself, and so... I don't know what exactly flipped the switch, but at some point I really just started digging more into scripture and getting into that. And through that, the spirit just really moved and he sort of then took me on another journey where like I transferred schools and I ended up coming back and Mm -hmm. it was just the whole thing. Um, But through all of that really deepened my faith and um, my understanding of grace and helped me slow down and be a little less rigid Mm -hmm. in everything. So the the relationship with God became more appealing than just following the rules that he outlined for you, or became more yeah, real to Yeah, I you. mean, rules are really appealing to me. <laughs> Still now. You like Still the black now. and white. I like to know the box, right? But I can see Jess's wheels turning, because I feel like she always sees things. Have you heard of the Enneagram? Oh, yes. I feel like she always sees things through the lens of the She's Enneagram. <laughs> I'm not actually. No, what are you? I'm a five. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That, I, I, that that also works. Yes, I was seeing one, that. but yeah, okay. I can. I mean, I have some one tendencies, but the actual way that I process and live life is certainly five. as a five. Yeah. Okay. Um, totally so yeah, I don't. It it was a. I think it just became more real. More. F- maybe it was just that I like felt and understood more than the rules at that Mm -hmm. point like really growing up in christian school i had a lot of knowledge which as a five i love so Mm -hmm. that was like a big way that i sort of felt connected to things but at the same time um i didn't like it was all about the rules right and that was basically all we ever got taught and so Mm -hmm. it was like do the things don't do these things Mm -hmm. and that's what it you know and that's how you know that you're a good christian And, um, so at some point that just like wasn't as satisfactory or I think also as I had deepened friendships and relationships with other people in my life, I realized how that didn't really work. And Mm -hmm. so figuring out how that translated into a relationship with God was part of that too. Mm -hmm. So one of the main things that we are trying to accomplish with this podcast is just to look at how different God has made different people Mm -hmm. and the way that he shows up in people's lives um, and kind of demonstrates his power, demonstrates his glory through the work of the people in the church. And so Laura and I don't know you at all. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about how you feel like God has uniquely gifted you. 
I yeah. wonder if that's going to be interesting from a five perspective, mm-hmm. like because it's not going to it might not it, not it might not be in a flashy sure. out there, you know. Um, well, I think there's two real things that come to mind. One is um, I think I have an ability to connect dots that other people don't connect. Part of that is just as a five, I'm an observer. I see a lot of things and I process a lot of things and. Um, and I really love to learn, so it's by taking in information that I get ideas for different things, or that I start, you know, making connections from this thing to this thing, and then I think the second half of that is that I'm a communicator, and so, um, being able to take what I see or connect dots and then being able to translate that to other people, Mm -hmm. um, has been what I sort of feel like are unique gifts to how, um, I approach a lot of things in my life. Mm. How, how do you use that in church or in Christian service of any kind? Yeah, so I actually teach a little bit in the women's ministry on Tuesday mornings. Oh, awesome. Um, so that's been really helpful. And then I also do, um, I lead a small group there as well. And then um, my husband and I are actually working on a new potential discipleship initiative um, that we may be running with the church in the fall, so stay tuned about that. But it's mm-hmm. it's along some of those lines and uses some of those same gifts too. And how do you how do you use it? Tell us a little bit more about your career because you were just you just kind of touched on that you have your own business. Yeah, so I do marketing strategy and content, specifically online marketing strategy and content for small businesses. Most of them are like. They, we would be con- they would be considered micro businesses. They're like mm. single entrepreneurs. Most of them are building online businesses or there's some kind of coach or consultant that have maybe a presence offline but want to sort of scale their business so that they're not having to like always trade time for money. Mm. So they're trying to get more remote clients or mm. work online. So they want to employ digital marketing to do that. Um, so what I actually do is help them reverse engineer the way that they build relationships and translate that. It's kind of complicated. (laughs) I totally understand everything you're saying right now. What I'm understanding her to say is her job is computers. (laughs) Yes. What I'm understanding her to say is she's smarter than me. (laughs) Yeah, I translate that into, like, content and strategy and systems that help them to build those, what I say is like replicate, automate, and accelerate those those relationships through online marketing instead of just in person. Like cup she. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just got a cup she bathing suit from, <laughs> from, no, from Facebook. A random it's ad like, on Facebook. I mean, I feel like that's, like you're pretty passionate about it because you kind of come alive when you're talking about it. That, that kind of exci- excites you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in my industry, there's a lot of, like, just do this thing, or um, there's, like, I made, you know, $7 million with this one Facebook post, and you can do it, too. Like, there's a lot of that Mm -hmm. out there, but that actually doesn't work for very many people, and even if you were to dig into that person's... (laughs) business, you would see that they probably spent $6.9 million for that to work. <laughs> to make seven. Yeah. And Got so <clears throat> I actually just like, I was like, what if we actually treated online, online marketing like we were building relationships with people? Because that's what it is, right? Everything mm-hmm. is, it's human interaction. And if you want them, you know, to know, like, and trust you, then you have to behave like a human. And what better way to do that than the way that you do that in real life all the time anyway? Mm-hmm. So why don't we set it up to the way that you've gotten clients before, those are the systems we employ. We don't take somebody else's system and try to, like, 
shove it into your business. Mm -hmm. Instead, we take how you work and we make the system and the content around it so that those relationships build more naturally so you feel better about it because a lot of people get kind of like queasy about automating anything um, if they're really like connected and and, uh, care for their people. Sometimes like automating stuff makes them feel weird. Um, And it also, you know, it mirrors how they do things in real life. So it helps other people to connect or it feels more natural to the people that are interacting with it too. And how would you say like you use that career, you use your business as, um, um, as ministry? I mean, maybe she doesn't. Maybe she doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't always come up. I, I certainly tried to do it in the way that I interact with people. Um, and I'm certainly open about my faith and even like this discipleship initiative that I'm working on with my husband is almost, it's kind of going to develop into its own side business. So Mm -hmm. when I talk about other projects, I certainly talk about that too. And so it kind of becomes a part of, because it's a part of who I am, like it's me also Mm -hmm. doing what I do for other people. So Mm -hmm. it just sort of becomes part of the narrative of my business too. Yeah. But I don't necessarily like only work with Christians or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I've never been a part of the Tuesday morning Bible study because I work, um, on Tuesdays. And so, do you, so, uh, tell me, tell me more, like what, like you, so tell me more what you do with that. Sure. So I lead a small group, um, you know, it's just like Wednesday night small group. And then I'm part of the teaching team. So a couple of times a semester I get to share insights with people. So the, do you know the structure of the Bible studies? Do you no, so what they do oh, is okay. they start I only, with... I've only ever done the summer ones. So Yeah, that's right. So okay, they, so they start with... You start in a small group, and you discuss that week's Bible study lesson or whatever you did on your own time. And then there's everybody comes back into the big room, and somebody... Yeah, and someone will teach on the lesson. The, ne- the next week's lesson? or that No, just that, that week's oh, lesson. That they week, just yeah. start with the small group, and then they just kind of ex- expand it and make oh, some okay. specific well, points. So you're saying you've done the large group teaching. Yes. And, and how did you get into group. doing that? Um, someone asked me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of like that. I've just sort of, I uh, taught kind of like a one-off elective class once upon a time, um, that was just like some short-term discipleship principles at DBC probably two, three years ago. And then, um, yeah, I hadn't really done anything since then, but a couple of years ago, Kristen sent an email and said, you know, would you like to teach? And I was like, yes, that would be lovely. That's and so here we are. <laughs> and do you like it? Do you enjoy it? I do. I, I mean, I think it puts a lot of those things that I'm good at and that mm-hmm. I really enjoy doing together. I really like, um... I think the result of like the connecting dots and the communication thing is that I like to facilitate light bulb moments for people. And so getting to do that and help people actually take practical applications from the things that they've interacted with um, and discuss deeply with their friends in their group is just is really fun for me. You like seeing people reach their full potential, like to be yeah. able to, like you said, light bulb moments, discover things about themselves and act on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what would be for you a big, a big ask prayer, we have to emphasize the K, a big (laughs) ask prayer, um, for, for just like what you envision your, your future for your future, what would be a big ask prayer to God or from God? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's just that I need, I always sort of need to like 
be and I hate this as much as I love it that I need that I need him in order to do the things and so I think just that I don't get ahead of what God is doing and Mm -hmm. that um you know he makes clear that he's with me and the next step for whatever that Mm -hmm. is because you said you like the rules you like kind of the black and white and you can yeah, see a trajectory and I'm like a planner, where you like things to go. You know, like I see all, I'm a detail person. So you show me an idea and I automatically have like the whole plan lined out and, mm. um, and I can certainly do a lot of things on my own. I'm a very competent person, which is good and bad. Um, mm-hmm. so a little too self-reliant. Yeah. And so that's always my tendency is to just kind of like retreat into the work and doing it mm-hmm. myself instead of like sort of being in this more flexible open trusting space where Mm -hmm. I have to like surrender parts of it or know that things might change um that's really hard for me Mm -hmm. well tell us about a time where you had to depend on God where that wasn't an option Mm -hmm. um let's see there were several I think the biggest one in our lives was um a few well it's more than a few years ago it's probably like seven or eight years ago now, but <clears throat> I, we were, Daniel and I were married and I wasn't working. I was like working part-time as a cheerleading coach. Cause that's a whole other life that I used to have. You um, are a strange. <laughs> yeah. Just, you, you're, you, like, you're you can't just cheerleader. Just spinning now. Um, and so I coached cheerleading on the side, like, or that was all I did. Um, Daniel had just gotten this great job that he loved, and, um, a few, like, after a couple of months, he actually lost the job, and so we, I was like, I was making $400 a month, so that wasn't Mm. enough to support us, and so we really just kind of had to, it had to be one of those moments where you had to take action, but you also really just had to trust that the right thing would come along, um, you know, so I set out to apply for all the jobs that I thought I could possibly do and I ended up getting one like right in time got our first paycheck right before Mm -hmm. everything would run out and it covered all of our grocery bills and everything but it also was um the job that I then had for five years Mm -hmm. and moved up through that company and really really loved and really became like the platform that I was able to then have the confidence and faith to leave and do my own thing from so Mm -hmm. it was kind of like a big bookend, like the start of mm. even what I do now. What do you think you learned about God through that experience or how did he shape you? Yeah. Um, I mean, there, I've had a, f- I feel like over and over in my life, I'm like always having to make the same decision to trust. Like every big scary thing that sort of mm-hmm. comes my way. That's like the one common thread is that, you know, no matter what happens, I can trust that God will provide. Um, it's going to look a lot of different ways. Like when I left my job, I thought my business would be the thing because God asked me to leave my job. So I left my job. Mm-hmm. So I really thought he was getting ready to like blow up my business so that mm-hmm. I, we could be provided for. But actually he provided through Daniel getting a raise and a promotion, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so it's always just been like, I think I've had to learn to just be expectant and open mm-hmm. Um, at every corner of something that seems kind of scary or beyond me because, I mean, and that's the decision that I feel like I have to keep making over and over, whether it was Mm -hmm. leaving school or him losing a job or, you know, going out on my own and some other thing. 
and many other things in my life, that's sort of like the one thing I'm always having to like do over and over and over again. <laughs> Which is stretching for someone who likes to plan. Exactly. And it's so interesting that you like to plan, but it seems like God's put you in a bunch of situations yeah. and experiences where he's like, you may think this is your plan, but it does, really, it does cramp my you're staying in Terrell for yeah. a little longer. Exactly. In Terrell. <laughs> Good old Terrell. So he's, yeah, he's constantly going, I see you and you're yeah. not getting away with this. I know, and so now I try not to plan too far ahead. Like, people will be like, what's your five-year vision for your business? I was like, I don't even know what next six months is going to look like. Like Next year week, ago, I'm really hoping to do this Yeah, thing. I mean, a year ago, it looked totally different. The year before, I had a totally different business. So it was just like, you just never know what's going to happen. So I try to plan enough to, like, be able to move forward, but also flexible enough to do what is asked of me. But that's hard sometimes. Flexibility can be can be difficult yes. when you like to know what where you're headed and, and, and what exactly is going to happen. Yeah. Which I think even people who like spontaneity, still it can be unsettling when surprises happen, when plans change. Because, I mean, I know I'm not a huge planner. I can go on vacation and not know what we're going to do each week. But I would be really disappointed if all of a sudden or each day, but I'd be really disappointed if all of a sudden vacation wasn't going to happen. You know, it, right. even if you're not a planner, we all still have plans. And when God Yeah, because we all have expectations those. around things, right? And so it's sort of like holding the expectations loosely. But I think more than that, I think it's been realizing that, like, if he doesn't give me this, he gives me something better. So always saying, like, this or something better, mm -hmm. right, at, at different intervals and just being like saying expecting you know this is sort of what I expect but I'm leaving open space for mm -hmm. um whatever way you decide to show up because I know that that's going to be better for all of us why don't you just go ahead and wow me god yeah, yeah please. please show off right now yeah, I would love for you to show off <laughs> yeah that's I think that's would be what we all want we all want to know what he's thinking and if it's better than what we think we want then great we'll go right along with it but right you know yeah you know that's what, a few years ago at DBC, no, maybe just a year ago, I don't even know. It's all a blur. I have too many kids. Um, but there was a Bible study on Tuesdays and Wednesday nights about God's interruptions and just different mm -hmm. stories mm -hmm. throughout the Bible where God, where God totally or interrupted um, what someone thought was going on, what they thought they were doing, and had something bigger and better. Um, and maybe not by the world standards, but as far as growing you right. and, and molding you and shaping you into what he wants you to be. Yeah, totally. So when when do you when you do teach, what are your favorite things to teach on? Like how do you specifically say, Yeah, I'll do that? Well, you just get assigned. So. Oh, okay. So they're like, yeah, you'll do this. They're like, what days are you open? What days can you not teach? And then they just like plot you through. So I don't really get a chance to like choose, but I'm always surprised that um, something that I get, you know, relates to something that I'm going through often. Mm. So um, I think even in that way, God uses that it's, to minister to almost me. almost like the word is living and breathing. I know. <laughs> it's right. really crazy. <laughs> and like God is speaking to us through mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Almost yeah. like that. Almost. almost like that. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but. That's <laughs> <laughs> a little much. Um, so you're, yeah, and it, it just always fits. It seems to fit. Yeah. I mean, or I think that also is just, it's also just kind of a fun exercise to go through and say like, okay, what in my life can I relate this to? Mm -hmm. And I think we can. I mean, doing that in general, right, with scripture is really good. But even 
being able to find like the I get really excited when you find like the right story right mm-hmm. to like kick something off mm-hmm. um because it fits so well and things like that and then just really helping people apply it is really fun too so um I think that's just so even though I don't get to choose, I feel mm-hmm. like it chooses me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, with the um, pet adoption people, who saved who? Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they chose me. That's exactly what it feels like. <laughs> Tell us about a way that you'd like you'd like to grow, that you'd like to see God grow you. Mm-mm. In all the ways? That's what I always I say. Know. In I all the like, ways? Can you just grow me in all the ways? I think that's hard because sometimes I don't even know how I need to grow. Um, I mean, I think the faith thing is always going to be present. Um, and even just, uh, maybe even, I don't want to say tempering some of my ambition, but cause I think I do that too. Or also like opening my mind to the different ways that even, um, the right ambition can be a good thing, if that mm. makes sense. Um, so, not to say that I just want them to be really successful. That's what <laughs> I want to be. But I think um, that there is, I think there's just as much opportunity in success as in failure to minister to others or yourself or in all those things. And so I think, A, to be able to still hold on to God in those moments, but um Also, like, not being afraid of going where he wants me to go just because it maybe feels scary or weird or, um... can be a different idea of success than what you have. It's a different idea of success, or even if it's, like, the normal idea of success, that that's not bad either. Mm -hmm. It's all a matter of, like, how I, you know, approach that right through Mm -hmm. the right lens. And so, you know, for the strength to do that well, if that's what he has for me, but if it's not what he has for me, to be okay with that too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not sure if that made sense, but... Yeah. That whole dang submission to what God wants us to do and be, right? Yeah. That's hard for me, I know. So I think that that is a great way for God to work and grow in all of us. Yeah. Um, Well, it's been... I mean, that felt fast. I know. But I think it's because you have um, such a clarity in your speech and, and what you want to say. And it's like you have this very uh, easy cycle from brain to mouth. That, um, I feel Similar like, to yours. I was like, that's a compliment. Yeah, just exactly received, like so. mine as evidenced by what I just said. <laughs> brain to mouth ratio is good. Um, no, but I, I just think um, it's obvious. I'm surprised that it was... I could see you in journalism, but it also seems like you could have gotten an MBA or something. Like, you just seem business-minded, and um, I love that you're channeling that for for Jesus. And, and that you've, you've... And, you know, we say that our business isn't directly in ministry, but I think that God's using your, your business mind, your ambitions, um, for His glory. Totally. I mean, life is ministry, right? And so it's not... It doesn't matter where we are, what we're doing. It's all part of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on and to come coming and talking to two strangers. I know it was a it was a really a pleasure to meet you, Katie. Yes, we just so appreciate it. and and how brave to come on. Yeah, when you that's what when I asked you before, I'm like, how are you doing? You're like, I'm good because you like and you were you were like didn't it seemed seamless. I was more nervous to come on and be the interviewee than uh, than I think a lot of our guests have been. So yes. we really appreciate it. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches. We'll talk to you next time.